Welcome to the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man at Sean Kemp Studios here in Northern Jersey. Got my brother, Sven, and my cousin, Kyle. All right, before we kick the episode off, I really wanted to uh, ask you guys and let me tell you what really grinds my gears or chaps my, uh, my you-know-what. You know, I'm a, I'm a commuter, so one of the prime things, I mean, aside from wet socks, number one, unaware individuals. Well, aren't wet socks atrocious? They are, but that's kind of, how does that grind your gears? I mean, that's like something that like accidentally could happen. Yeah, agreed. I always keep an extra pair of socks in my book bag and at work. I mean, it's not, it's not, I mean, that's great. That's, that's. I mean, yeah, for someone who's a commuter. I probably would too. (laughs) Yeah, for someone who's a commuter, it's necessary. That's for sure. With a little towel to dry your feet. (laughs) I'm solving, I'm solving for any future issue I have. I mean, it's always better to be proactive than reactive. Right? It's common. It's common. That is correct. I, I hate using umbrellas. I hate using umbrellas. And when I lived in the city, uh, using an umbrella was was terrible. So I had to wear like the right boots. And then if they got wet a little bit, you know, the socks. Right. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not a good, you know, sitch situation to be in. So, <laughs> uh, um, but another 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 big one for me is unaware individuals. And this is, I mean, obviously in commuting, I'm saying, but this is the only way that I see it. It's you're either completely and utterly clueless and unaware, so you have no sense of awareness whatsoever, or you're deliberately being an asshole. Like, you're doing it on purpose, that's it. Unaware or being an asshole. What, what do you guys think? Which is worse? Which is worse? That's the question, honestly. Yeah, no, I think there's one that's way worse because, uh, one worse that was way worse than the other. Being, a sh- being unaware of something is someone who can be taught. Someone who can, you know, you guide them in the right direction. You know, they might be a clueless individual. However, you might but be able to- But at this stage in their lives? Them. Yeah, but you might be able to mold them. They might just be, un- they're in their own little world. They don't mean to do it. I'm completely fine with you. You see like it every day. I, yeah, but it's the assholes. It's the people who I can't stand, who do it on purpose, who get under people's skin on purpose, who, you know, f- fire off at the mouth on purpose. <laughs> in hopes of getting a reaction. And those are the people I can't stand, personally. Wow. Yeah, it's a tough one. It is. It's true, though, because it's like, how, how are you that unaware? Like, do you have any, like, you don't, you've never had a mentor or, like, a friend? No one's, like, put you in your place? You never walked probably, around in public? Like, probably not. <laughs> look where you're standing. Look where you're standing. There's about to be a thousand people walking literally where you're standing in a minute because the subway just got here. Get yeah. out of the way, please. Excuse me. Can't handle it. So, speaking about that, too, off, an office full pas, which really chaps my, you know, my butt cheeks. An office full pas is that if there's like a, a bag of chips, there's a party, right? There's some, some pretzels, peanuts, whatever. You know, most people will grab that, grab that bag of chips and like dump it out onto a napkin. Then you got the people that, you know, lick their fingers and stick their hand in the bag, stick their hand in the bag, and then act like it's not a problem. Yeah. Licking the fingers, I don't know if I've ever seen that, but <laughs> the hands is just, it's, it's just common sense. It's like, come on, bro. Literally, whoop, I'm going to pick up the bag and... Yeah, no, I'm, I am a, I think that's disgusting. And I, it takes a <laughs> lot... It takes a lot. It takes a lot to disgust me. Honestly, it does. It takes a lot to gross me out. And that is, is that because you're disgusting? No, it's not because I'm <laughs> disgusting. It's because I know people are disgusting, and I honestly, I, I hold them to low standards. So, mm. isn't, that a, my, uh, isn't that a shame? Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a shame. And these are people who are like like professionals, quote unquote. <laughs> I mean, people who call themselves professionals who are just have no habits whatsoever, and it's disgusting. 
It needs to stop. It is 2019. I could prob- probably name a couple right off the top of my head, but I will not. This is not, yeah, this isn't a roast, po- <laughs> this isn't a roast podcast. We're not looking for revenge here. I, I mean, mean, we, we can roast, we can roast him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because if, if the agitator up in the uh, Northeast, you know, is listening, then he, he knows what I'm talking about when I had this brand new thing of peanuts. Brand new Costco, huge thing, assorted peanuts. I think it had, you know, macadamias, walnuts, all the, all the, all the best peanuts. Someone told me at work the next day, Chris, you don't want to eat those because this dude stuck his whole hand in, licking his fingers, had multiple servings oh. himself. Brand new, massive thing of peanuts. Those are expensive too. <laughs> They're not cheap. Nuts aren't cheap. No. Uh-huh. Get your <laughs> off my nuts, bro. No, They're not no. yours. They're not yours. So what I did there. Nice. All right, the last, uh, no, two more quick ones. One, I don't know if you guys have this, but over-perfumed or cologne individuals. Oh, yeah. Like when, yeah. when they got a little bit too much on, you know, a little, when a little heavy on the pine tree perfume, you know? I don't like that. Or if you're, like, not even close to them. Yeah, if they, they leave a trail wherever <laughs> they go. You smell them. You're like, what? Yeah, you get off what the elevator. You get, in the ele- you get in the elevator by yourself, and there's still nobody in there, and you and you smell just the cologne or perfume all over the walls, and you're like, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm done. It's awful. <laughs> Hold my breath until I get to the fifth floor. They're crap dusting. Basically, it's just as bad, honestly. But then there's that person. Are they unaware that they smell like that? Ridiculous? Or they they are they good. just doing it so they let everyone, you know? They probably think they smell good. Any, any news is good, is good news, so any yeah. press is good press. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you smell, bro. Thanks, man. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> oh, man, good to, uh, you know, good to smell you again. Because I've smelled you at every party for the last 10 years, and I've, I've made a joke every time, but over your head, dude. <laughs> Doesn't kick in. Un- under the bridge, over the river, whatever the hell they say it is. Uh, my last one, very quickly, because I'm on the bus so early, is that at 5 in the morning when people, you know, feel the need to turn the light on above you, you know, like you're in the airplane, and it's, but it's, like, dark. It's really dark, and everyone's really on their dark. phone. Or this one guy... I did that. True gentleman. I'll give it to him. He's a true gentleman. But he has, he opens his book up to read, you know, in the dark. And I'm like, oh, how's he going to do that? Puts a book light on the book. And that, that, sh- that thing is bright. That is really, really bright. It's really bright. Really bright. It's blinding. At five in the morning. Come on, bro. Take a nap. Look at your phone. Please. Use a Kindle. I don't know. Don't, no lights. That is, those are pretty bright. But yes, I, I had to take the bus. I, I commuted, yes. And I remember those. Those air holes. It's crazy, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. I mean, maybe I'll be there one day, so it's not... A, a at night, it's okay, I think. I think know, at night, like, PM-wise, it's okay. Yeah, not at, like, 5 a.m. when no. you're trying to kind of yeah. get those last few minutes of sleep. Yeah, a bunch yeah. of zombies. I mean, I watch a lot of, you know, documentaries, as I was telling you, whoever listened to the previous episode, but... Yeah. That's uh, here, here nor there. <laughs> um, so, the Fantasy Fan Football Podcast, you can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter, at the Fantasy Fam. Our podcast is also located on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Radio Public, and Spotify. And on Overcast. Twitter. Oh, and Overcast. And Overcast, yeah, I have to, I gotta put that link up there as well. So, on Overcast, we are on there. That's me typing to add it to the future. So, today, what we're gonna talk about is 2018, uh, players that fell short that were busts, and players that exceeded expectations, also known as steals, based on their uh, their ADP and or if hint that they weren't drafted at all. So I'm gonna uh, let's let's kick this right off. Kyle, do you want to uh, you want to start with uh, your bust? Yeah, sure. I'll go with my first one. Um, so ladies first. 
2019. It's offensive. There we go. 2019. It's 2019. That's offensive. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so what was offensive this year is the fact that the Denver Broncos spent a third round pick on a guy and then hyped him up so much to the point where in mid to late August, he was going as running back 15 sometimes. People were reaching on him. They were trying to trade for him. He was going incredibly high for a rookie on a team that no one knew exactly what was going to happen with the Denver Broncos. And they turned out to be a, pretty much an average or below average team. So Royce Freeman um, comes into the league, third round pick. And there were expectations of 1,000 yards just off the bat. 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. He was going to – it was sold. Well, that didn't really happen. Um, as, as someone will talk about some, you know, later on, um, the Denver Broncos found another running back who happened to be fantastic. And it really um, it plagued Royce Freeman quite a bit. So with Royce Freeman, though, he did start the season quite strong, actually, averaging just about 4.7 yards per carry in the first game against Seattle, um, you know, putting up 70 yards. And then he had a th uh, three straight games of, three, of a touchdown. So he had some type of promise in there. But then towards that middle part of the year, you're looking at rushing attempts that are 10 or below. You're looking at yardage that is 30 and below, a touchdown here and there. I mean, his promise was fine and all, but where you drafted him, you ended up drafting him as running back 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there, when in actuality, he was nowhere near that. Um, he was going before people like Mark Ingram, for example. Um, someone Ooh. who, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I didn't understand that whatsoever. Um, you know, even somebody, honestly, I hate, I hate him, but like Lamar Miller, Kerryon Johnson, Sony Michelle, Tevin Coleman, Chris Carson. I mean, he went before a, Tariq Cohen. I mean, he went before a lot of good running backs just based on purely on his hype, and I did not agree with it. So I, as for 2019 going forward, I do think he's going to just fall completely out of the first 15, you know, 12 rounds because of someone like Philip Lindsay. Um, yeah. but, but that's the thing though, is if Philip Lindsay's trying to come back from an injury and Royce Freeman has something to prove, who knows what could happen. However, he's not, I don't see him having a huge role in that offense going forward, but that's just me. Do you think, do you think that Freeman, I mean, like his, his downgrade kind of like downfall, I guess, was like because Lindsay was doing so well and he just stopped getting the opportunities. You know um, what I mean? Or, yeah, yeah, that was definitely Because it's like, it's like if Lindsay, I guess, I mean, he played phenomenal. Yeah. I think that was part of it is the fact that they weren't sure that they could get, a, you know, an undrafted player like Philip Lindsay to perform as the way he did. And he took the league by storm. Um, but I also think Royce Freeman just didn't play well when I mean, he played okay when he did play. Right, he started um, exactly like he started. Like I said, though, in a matter of in a matter of you know six games during the heart of the season, he was getting under ten carries per game in almost every one of those games. So his opportunity wasn't there either. So exactly. So, yeah, so he's not so much a bust because he didn't perform wonderfully. It's the fact that he was passed on the depth chart within the first month. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably even less. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he had such hype in August and then by September done, gone. So he's my bust. Wow. All right. Who's, so I uh, guess I'll who's your bust brother? I'll, can, I'll continue the trend of bust. Um, if you listen to our podcast, uh, you know how I feel about Jordan Howard <laughs> by now. And I think Kyle agrees with me, brother. You're just indifferent. You just don't even. Oh, I love Jordan Howard. Pro at some probably point, neither here nor there. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> but no, 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 no. I'm completely, I'm, I'm so over him. Um, maybe though, and I'll tell you a little bit, <laughs> I may still have some feelings. So, but I mean, I picked him in one league. He was drafted, I want to say end of second round. 
close to like the beginning of the third with the intention of being like a, a mid to like upper running back two ish. Uh, he was going to get the opportunities. He went over two, a thousand yards, two seasons before uh, this past season, uh, which he actually almost surpassed a thousand. I think he had like 900, like 73 yards, which is kind of crazy um, considering that he was so frustrating uh, let me just give you like his stats over the past couple of years uh, just to show you like how much. So he's getting, he got 252 yards or 252 carries, 276 and then 250. That's the past three seasons. So naturally the workload is there. Like he, he's, he's getting the touches because he put up 1300 yards, 1100 and then 935 last year, but he did not finish. He actually finished one behind uh, Tariq Cohen and Tariq Cohen was taking what? Maybe like many rounds later. Exactly. Many rounds later. And Tariq finished right above him. Uh, Jordan Howard for the opportunities that he gets or gotten. So I don't know. I just, he's, he was a bust for where I, for where people needed him to perform. He just, he was, oh, it was, it was so frustrating. But here's my point I, I made before is that I, I think he's a very buy low in dynasty because a change of scenery. I mean, if he doesn't, He's not, right, as of now, he's probably not going to re-sign with Chicago. I mean, they got – actually, no, he's on the free agency market, I think, right? Kyle? Um, no, he's technically – I'm pretty sure he's technically still a bear. They're trying to figure out what the hell to do with him. They're probably oh, that's – okay. That's right. Yeah. Because they yeah. did sign Mike so Davis, but – Right. That's the intention that they're going to either cut or trade. Exactly. Hours, so, so. so maybe a different scheme. I mean, he can clearly handle more than 250 carries, so – Throw one more out there that just burned my ass, like completely burned my ass. And that was Doug Baldwin. Um, Doug Baldwin was such a disappointment. I know he was injured. I, it bothered me beyond belief um, that he was injured and that, you know, it was right as the drafting season was kicking into high gear. Um, they weren't sure what was going to happen, how much time he was going to miss. And yeah, he missed quite a bit, actually. Um, Doug Baldwin was taken in that wide receiver 14 to wide receiver 18 range, depending on when your draft was. If your draft was in like late July, early August, he was probably wide receiver like 12. Um, but if you went more towards the end of August into early September, um, he probably went, you know, because of his injury and what they were, you know, unsure about, he probably went in that 15 to 20 range. Um, but bad. I mean, bad. He had what, two games of with, or three games with six receptions or more from a guy who had 95 receptions plus a few years ago. Um, the touchdown totals were down, but that's also because he didn't perform, you know, the, you know, he didn't play enough. Um, but also because I think Russell Wilson kind of took a step back in for most of the year too. He picked it up towards the end of the year, but he, for most of that middle part of the season, he wasn't performing exceptionally. They ran the ball. More. They also ran yeah, the ball. Too. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so from a st fantasy standpoint, you know, I just, obviously I know that injuries can't always make you a bust injuries happen. However, when you're drafting a guy in that, you know, wide receiver running back 12 to 20 range are hoping that they're going to perform like a, like a, a running back or wide receiver too. And he did not, even when he was healthy, he did not perform like Doug Baldwin usually does. So just just, just some yeah. names to throw out that finished above him. Oh God. Cole, Cole Beasley, <laughs> Taylor Gabriel, um, Jordy Nelson, who only had like two good weeks. That's bad. If that Michael Crabtree, Zay Jones. Oh my God. I can't, I can't look at that. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Next. <laughs> Somebody that destroyed me in two 
two leagues this year that um, I drafted in the first round. His name was Leonard Lenny Fournette. He was going around the eighth, ninth pick, standard, you know, PPR. First game, playing against my Giants. I think I, think I was like, traveling. I was, like, watching it on the plane, literally, like, right before we took off. And he was having a pretty solid game. All of a sudden, you get an update, like, oh, soft, soft tissue injury. Again, I mean, he's had uh, somewhat of an injury history dating back to LSU. He always seemed to, like, miss a couple games, but – but he usually played a majority of the season. His, his rookie year, he missed a couple of games. He was dinged up, but he still had over 1,000 yards. Like, he had a quality, quality season. He was taken fourth overall in the draft. So, um, he tried to come back. This is, what, this is what's crushing. He tried to come back week four against the Jets, the other team in New York. Oh, guess what? He got hurt again. He either wasn't ready. His work ethic, you've read a lot. The rumors, who knows what's true. But by the end of the season, Tommy C and crew were – pissed they were livid with Leonard Lenny Fournette apparently they cleared the air he's been working harder than ever right now his ADP which is which is amazing is 3-4 which he's about the 14th running back taken so third round pick um it, it we know that fantasy is is opportunity dependent right they brought in I think it's type of uh, somewhat of a redemption year for Jacksonville because with all the hype how they did the year before I mean, there's going to be big expectations. I think a lot of people are going to be playing for their jobs, coaching for their jobs. Leonard Fournette is one of them. Still in a rookie contract, but he needs to redeem himself. Nick Foles, big Nick Foles coming in. No one better to lead the team. Mostly what I think he's going to do, honestly, is turn around and hand the ball to Leonard Fournette. They beefed up the offensive line. They may draft somebody in the first round based on some of these, you know, mock drafts we're seeing now. Who knows, really? It's still, it's still way too early, but the whole point of having Leonard Fournette is to give him the ball 25 times a game opportunity dependent if he stays healthy he is going to be a steal next year that we're talking about i agree i mean i don't know because but the thing is is i'm 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 thinking that yeah that could be a possibility however with fournette because of the name purely alone i do think that we'll go into the offseason saying yeah well he's gonna go in the third or fourth round because of how you know how poorly he played his injury history all that come draft time you'll see him in that mid-second Oh, yeah. Then he's less of a... Then he's no value. He has no value to me. Value yeah, he has no value to me. I hope he falls. Yeah, of course. If he falls, I'll, I'll happily pick him in the third round as my second running back. I would not. With upside. <laughs> I would. Uh, depending on who else. Yeah. Some guys I'll give a second chance to. Some Injury. guys I won't, you know? Injury history right now, straight up. Leonard, four, third round, they're both sitting there. Or third or fourth. Say, say it's third round. They're both sitting there. They're both healthy. They're both now the bell cow on their team. Well, they are both... They were anyway, but Devonta Freeman or Leonard Fournette. Oh boy, who's next? Who's <laughs> yeah? I mean, honestly, I would look. I would just draft something else. To be honest, <laughs> I would not want to deal with that headache. I really wouldn't. Actually, can reach for uh, reach for Mahomes. <laughs> no, no, he'll be gone already. Yeah, he'd be gone already. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. I thought that was. I mean, I'd probably I'd probably go Devonta I'll, Freeman. Uh, George George Kittle. I'll take George Kittle. <laughs> George Kittle. <laughs> I would probably go Lenny in that case because I think um, Devonta. I mean, he's he's always hurt as well. That's a that's a tough one. A tough, I, yeah. I would go Lenny. I think though because he's younger, and he's got something to prove this year. Honestly. Yeah, I would go Devonta just because it's a better offense and he's done it more times. So that's the only reason. And the receptions, he gets you 40, 50 receptions. Big Nick swings it in the direction of Lenny for me. That's hey hey. First of all, great, wonderful pun. Um, but also, I do think that Foles is going to help out Fournette in some capacity. 
So I don't know how I feel about that yet. Yeah, I, I, I will see. You know, exactly, conviction. we'll see. Conviction, brother. Take we'll your time. No, I'm talking about foals to the Jags. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> just, I don't. I don't know. We have, time, we have time for research. We have time for research. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. No, so now that we talked about a few uh, busts, let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about some steals. Brother, do you, uh, I'll start brother, do you, you have a steal, brother? I have a very good steal, actually. Uh, so I run a 14-team league that both of you are in. 14 teams is amazing. Love it. Oh, my God, it's incredible. Um, I said to myself, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to draft a quarterback late. And then next thing I know is there's like five rounds left. I'm like, all right, I'm still out there. Kind of get into the nitty gritty. And then I was like, all right, this guy's still here. A couple rounds, second to last round. I got Jared Goff. Absolute steal. Um, I, he finished six, I believe in uh, depending on your scoring but i'm pretty sure on average he finished sixth which is unreal naturally i mean i didn't win the league or anything like that but for his actual position from where he where i took him i mean that you can consider that like probably the best like value steal i mean there could be other ones out there but that is absolutely insane so yeah yeah Jared Goff, and i see him actually kind of staying the same maybe a little bit uptick in touchdowns next year maybe he threw for over four thousand yards this year yeah um his his only thing was that when it did reach that latter part of the year well towards the end of the season those last five games he was Mm -hmm. he was brutal but the whole team was just those first 10 those first 10 games he was quarterback a quarterback top five quarterback for all 10 of those games i think yeah he was he was number one at one point like What's interesting there is that I'm thinking after watching the Super Bowl and the end of the season that it, I think it almost falls more on McVay than it does on Jared Goff because of the, the game plans. Because I thought the game plan for the Super Bowl was atrocious. There was nothing creative, innovative, new whatsoever about it. The Patriots, I mean, could they have been watching the practice and filming it? Or were the Rams just running the exact same offense that they ran all year? Minus Todd Gurley. So. Right. I mean, it, I, was, I was just baffled, I think, honestly. And, and we saw that leading up to the Super Bowl, right? The Saints should have won. Doesn't matter. That's, you know, that's behind us at this point. But he has a bunch of receivers. But yeah. is Sean McVay going to get out of his own way and, you know, put, put the time in? Yeah, maybe not try to overcoach and actually make, you know, make better decisions. How about getting rid of the guy who dragged you back from the si- onto the sideline and actually pay for, you know, someone who's actually going to help the team? You know what I mean? Like, if I'm, do you see that video? Do you see the video of the guy who who stands behind Sean who stands stands behind Sean McVay and drags him back onto the sideline if he ever like encroaches onto the field before he gets a potential penalty, right? Yeah, oh correct. yes, yes. He hired yeah, yeah, yeah. him just to follow him around to just bring him back, and I was like, what? Sign so, me up. Here's my resume. I mean, I am I can I can grab you around. We're about the same size, me and McVay. I mean, we can, oh, I, can I would get a, I would get a leash. Let's see if he'd be able to get a leash. <laughs> like one of those child's leash. <laughs> exactly, one of those. Hold on, man. Come here. I mean, they still use the they still use the wired headsets too. <laughs> so, back to your theme. It's 2019. 2019. Yeah, <laughs> if I, you um, did that, if you did that though, you would have to transition your job though because you probably get you know a bunch of calls to be an NFL coach or yeah, level right because if you shook his hand or if you like read True. something you wrote in the newspaper. If you, if you yeah, if you worked at in any like capacity around him, you have an NFL job right now, um, which is awesome. Coach. 
Within three years, you're guaranteed a head coaching job. Cincinnati's going to go 0-16 and Taylor's going to be fired. I'm sorry. Like, it's just my prediction. Cincinnati's not going to win more than, like, two games. Um, The fact that they struggled so mightily, I know we're, like, regressing. Marvin Marvin Lewis is gone, so. They hired hired the Giants linebackers coach, who I think was a defensive coordinator, like, years ago. I mean, he's done a good job. But the the fact that they had to interview, like, 15 guys that were all No one wanted it. No one wanted No thanks. No one wanted the job. Literally nobody. So, and it's kind of anyway. crazy because there is talent on that team, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough one. They might There's be throwing not, a lot. They might be throwing have, a lot because they're going to be losing. So, A.J. Green, what's up, Tyler Blue? They have three talented players. Yeah, three, four, four. Anyway, um, so let's follow with the same quarterback theme of, of steals. Um, it's very easy to get a quarterback steal because – I am a firm believer in waiting on quarterbacks. Happens every season. Yeah, I am a firm believer in, you know, getting a quarterback in those late rounds where I'm hoping they turn into a steal based on their value. And the biggest one this year was someone who in, in most drafts, he was drafted with one of those last round picks. But I saw plenty of drafts where he did go undrafted. He was an undrafted free agent, and he was absolutely dynamic. Okay, let me read you his MVP year of 2016. Okay, he threw for 4,944 yards. 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions, okay? He did have a higher, uh, a, Q, a high QB, uh, QB rating, and, um, you know, he's had a little bit of higher completion percentage. However, let me read you 2018 stats. 4,924 yards, so 20 yards less, 35 touchdowns, only three touchdowns less, and the same amount of interceptions, seven. Matt Ryan had almost the exact same year he had in 2016, okay? Literally, literally to the T, he almost had the exact same season. So does that okay. mean he's going to have a down year next year? Okay, so there's the other thing. <laughs> is, I, do, I, really, I really don't think he's going to be overdrafted. He won the MVP in 2016, so people were high on him. They said, you know, we're going we're gonna to take him in those, one of those first top five quarterbacks, and he did not have a top five quarterback season in 2017. Coming to 2018, all of a sudden, he puts up another 4,900 yards, another 35 touchdowns. I mean, I, it's, it's kind of baffling to me because before his MVP season, he had only put up 30 touchdowns once in his career back in 2012. And the interceptions are down, too, which is unbelievable because he's always been a guy who's thrown over 10 interceptions in a season. Because Julio's actually catching red zone. Well, Julio's getting touchdowns, too. That's helping. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. It's a but beautiful that, thing. Matt Ryan has really turned it into a really nice steal. I mean, because he's being drafted as, you know, obviously certain sites are going to have different numbers. But on average, you're seeing him as QB 12 to QB 15, QB 16. Like I said, some leagues he went as, you know, another quarterback 13. Some leagues he didn't get drafted at all. And the fact is he finishes the quarterback two in most leagues, which is unbelievable given the fact that he was not drafted in some leagues. So I'm just comparing the fact that he purely mirrored his stats to his MVP season and no one is talking about it. (laughs) I mean – That's because Mahomes had a phenomenal year. Drew Brees had like the best Best statistical – Yeah. Yeah. But like Matt Rogers is about Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah nobody. nobody is talking about Matt Ryan. Literally nobody is. And I think that going into next year, again, I think he's going to be underdrafted and I'm going to have shares of him because he's probably going to go in that quarterback 10 to quarterback 14 range. And be- oh, sign me up. He is a quarterback five. All, all day. They have a new uh, offensive coordinator again this year. Yeah, um, that happened before. I mean, I, it, what, it's called throw season. the ball. It's throw the ball to Julio and then throw to Ridley. Sarkeesian's gone. Yeah, he actually I know. made some progress last year. Yeah, and, I know. And now he's gone. That's the thing that kind of sucked about it is the fact that Sarkeesian was did is gone, um, which weighed into it because when Sarkeesian came, all of a sudden he sucked. Twenty seventeen was brutal. So 
Uh, I'm still going to wait a lot on him. I'm going to put the faith in Matt Ryan, especially because I'm going to get him at such a cheap price. I feel like the offensive coordinator they hired might be, is it Daryl Bevel? It is, I think. Because he worked with? I think it's Daryl Bevel. I think you're correct. I have to look that up, but. I'm sensing the, uh, the Seattle connection when they were, um, when they were in Seattle together. Oh no, Falcons hired Dirk Cutter. Oh, Dirk Cutter, no way, which, I'm wrong. Which I, think, which I think is actually a pretty good hire because he was a decent offensive mind. He couldn't coach to save his life, but he was a good offensive mind. They're just going to chuck it, chuck it down the field. I mean, there's a possibility for that. They have good receivers to do so. Yeah, the most <laughs> athletic freak of a wide receiver on the team, in the NFL. And they have Calvin Ridley. <laughs> and Calvin I mean, Ridley's pretty nasty. Muhammad Sanu is nothing to sneeze at either. Crazy. And then Austin Hooper. Tevin Coleman's gone. Hoop, hoop. Tough, but anyway. So, yeah, so that's my – so that is my steal is Matt Ryan. Matty Ice with ice in his veins um, from the Atlanta Falcons. Matty Ice. Matty – the Iceman O'Shea. That is correct. Little Giants. Little Giants. Little Giants reference, yes. Yeah. Um, so we, we referenced this guy, this guy earlier. It was, it's kind of hard not to when you're talking about a, a Steels episode. So I'll, I'll close this episode out nicely talking about, talking about Philip Lindsay. He wasn't even drafted. Like, he wasn't drafted in the NFL draft. He wasn't drafted in fantasy drafts. And after you watched Freeman, like you were saying earlier in the first game, he did okay, but... Philip Lindsay was picked in most leagues, picked up on the waiver after the first week or the second week. And the thing is how when somebody dominates that, that well early on, when you haven't heard of them, half of the, a majority of the sites or people that are reviewing this, the experts per se, like, oh, he's going to have to do it for a couple more weeks before I, uh, before I buy into it or invest some of my fab dollars or my waiver pick. If you did that this past year, you missed them because people that took a chance on those early returns – I mean, he finished the season as the 12th running back in PPR. That's absolutely incredible. He didn't play the last game and a half also. He's a Colorado native, Colorado alum. He's currently being drafted this year right after Lenny, which is another, I mean, good topic to discuss. Who, who would you rather have, I guess, standard versus PPR, Leonard Fournette or, or Philip Lindsay? Um, he's, he's being drafted as the 16th running back overall. Yeah. Royce Freeman? Yeah. Mm, injury. That's the thing. He, didn't he break his wrist? Right? Didn't, didn't Philip Lindsay end up breaking his forearm or his wrist? In the or second something? to the last game last year, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but still, he was having some complications with it. I had read, like, later on. Um, so, I don't know. But I like Philip Lindsay. I think he's dynamic. I think he's fast. He has great moves. How he was undrafted is beyond me. Yeah. And, I mean, from a football, a real-life football perspective, it's it's – it's great to have two solid running backs because I'm sure Royce Freeman is gonna gonna spell him a little bit. But now that they brought Joe Flacco in to to lead the team, I think his job is to get the ball to his playmakers. And I think the biggest playmaker they have, if he's healthy, is Philip Lindsay. He still has a chip on his shoulder. Obviously, he got hurt at the end of the season, so he's gonna want to come back and, and be even stronger than he was. I mean, he's he's clearly in my eyes gonna get the first chance to dominate backfield touches. Royce Freeman is only there to spell him for rest. That's it. Are you going to doubt him again, Philip Lindsay? I'm going to doubt Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, but that's it. Could be a good thing as well because I don't. Joe Flacco has had some seasons where he throws a lot of passes, but it's mainly been a very run-heavy offense, right? I mean, Baltimore they like to run the ball, 
Yeah. Number um, one. He's never – like, he's never really had a solid wide receiver. I guess he has, like, throughout the years, but not really like a Julio or an Antonio or – yeah, Steve Smith. That won't, yeah. But my point is I think that that could be good for both – Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman that they're going to try to run the ball a lot more, but apparently John Elway sees something that we all don't see, you know, that Joe Flacco is right in his prime. Thanks dude. <laughs> he was a great player. He won those Super Bowls, like the, the best possible way you could to end your career winning two Super Bowls and then retiring and then coercing Peyton Manning to come play for you. Let's be honest. That, that helps him a lot because the decisions he's made since then are, questionable at best so this might be the undoing of him that he can't pick a quarterback when he was a quarterback but is it an upgrade to Casey Keenum is the question I guess right and I think it is I I definitely think it is as far as the experience and what he brings to the team you know like the leadership because there are a lot of young guys still on that offense so I think it's a wise decision that way you know and especially if they maybe even look at a quarterback in this draft like later you know I mean like second round or something like that because you got a lot of guys out there too like um who like Greer, someone like that, or uh, the dude yeah. from Duke and stuff like you know what I mean. So I, I I think it was good for that, but like fantasy, I think it could help Philip and uh, Royce. I know I know that uh, John Elway loves Drew Locke. Um, oh, true, yeah, Drew Locke, Adam Missouri. But if they don't use a first round pick on him or potentially move up, because we know quarterbacks are obviously overvalued based on their perception and they people trade up. So if he's not there and if he's all in on Flacco, there's a bunch of holes they have, but. To your point, brother, they have Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders is coming back. They just they picked him up. So those are two two deep threats. He's got an arm. He's not mobile. I think they take a step back in regards to that versus Case Keenum. Um, but Philip Lindsay, I think, and Royce Freeman have opportunity this year. Yeah, I think they're going to run the ball a lot, personally. One, one can only hope, I guess. Yeah, I, I think they're going to run the ball quite a bit, actually. So I have all the faith in the world in drafting – someone like Philip Lindsay in the third or fourth round. If he's healthy, obviously. It all depends on his health. Right, how he does in the offseason, yeah. actually. Yeah, how training, how training camp goes for him, how he's feeling. But, yeah, I, I don't see that as like a, a running back share, like a share in the running back, um, you know, by committee. I think it's going to be Philip Lindsay's. I'm just glad that I am not John Elway and that my job is, you know, hanging in the wings from by a uh, thread. Joe, Joe Flacco's arm. Yeah, well, Joe Flacco, nice. That's proved, that's proved to be dynamic sometimes, not all the time. <laughs> so when you need it most, he might be there. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so He might, but when you need us most, you can find us Ooh. at thefantasyfam.com. Nice transition. Or on Twitter, at thefantasyfam. Our podcast is also located on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Radio Public, and Spotify. This is The Fantasy Fam, signing off.